Gansom up with the greens. And let him go. Stand back, stand clear as he puts on a show. So cute, yet fierce. Is he from hell? I cannot tell, yet I don't even want to know. So you want to be a trailblazer. Kicking dirt like a hellraiser. Take the reins, but don't react slow. It's time to feel the force of the chocobo. Continue podcast. What? Episode 137. I don't even... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Guys, here's here's what's special about this episode. My name is Anthony John Agnello. This is Continue Podcast, a show that is ostensibly about video games. And I have somewhat infamously in a previous episode let the listening public know that I am not your fucking jukebox. However, <laughs> <laughs> it's a show title. Uh, today I am a jukebox. That is... A first-time-ever Continue Podcast listener request and tribute to another member of our Patreon community. That one goes out to Punk Rock Bob from our own Ryan Mance, who requested Final Fantasy XIII 2's Crazy Chocobo as Nilo Jam devoted. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> and while I may not be your fucking jukebox, when you come at me with the lyrics to something called Crazy Chocobo, what what am I gonna do? Like what Yeah. What choice is there for any of us in this life, guys? Um, those people those people uh accepting the inevitability of the void along with me are none other <laughs> Susan Arndt. I remember, I think it's it, it's from 13-2, the metal version of Take a Ride on a Chocobo. You want a ride on the Chocobo! Is it just 13? Or is it 13-2? It's got to be 13 because I never played 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just remember the the the... the the fully embracing of the stupidity of that. Yeah. You are, you are a video game character on a giant fiery red chicken. And, and but it's a metal giant fiery red chicken. And, and cackling with, with delighted glee whenever that happened in the game. Because that that's that's capital V, capital G video games right there yeah that is that is games games all the way down uh that person who definitely has uh a mini chocobo living in his afro is our own <laughs> dave roberts <laughs> i the this the final fantasy series dalliances with new metal are long <laughs> and numerous they straight all the way back yeah, like Final Fantasy X going like, this is supposed to be a really like serious, dramatic moment. Why is like the guy from Disturbed yelling at me <laughs> as the as the city is destroyed by like you know the the metaphysical manifestation of human sins? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that happens. I love oh. I love the Final Fantasies where it's just like. Like you think the bad guy's just like a dude in a you know V neck t shirt with a tail, and then at the end it's like, No, it was death. 
the whole time. <laughs> it was always dead. <laughs> we uh, we're, the Alan Parsons Project will play us out as we finish <laughs> the video game. Hope you guys like fucking Neil Pert because that's where this is headed. Um, you know what? We're going to talk about new video games today because all of us have been playing with devices and new horror games. Susan and I have both been playing new horror games. But before we do, I do want to talk about Chocobos a little bit and specifically a lady who is also a Chocobo. <laughs> Susan, you what? Did, what game did you play today? What game? As we record this, you're fresh out of one of our favorite worlds, Lightning Returns. Yeah, <laughs> you ride a train. You play as uh, I always like to refer to Lightning as Underpants Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Lightning Returns, because that's. Like it's it's you are the Messiah, yep, and you are out there in the uh, Victoria's Secret fall battle line, yep, and you're trying, <laughs> trying, and you're out there, and like the world isn't really the world. There's like a city that has a gluttony district, yep, and uh, everybody's just the age they are for like five hundred years, and you're saving their souls. And there is a lady who is also a chocobo, and she lives at the train station. Yes, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 one of my favorite games ever. It is partly the entire reason I got an Xbox Series S, so I could just play it whenever I wanted. I mean, I still have my 360. I still have. I have not one but two copies of Lightning Returns. Why? Don't don't worry about it. Uh, because yep, your backup. Look, just in case the first one breaks. What is the special edition that came with the pocket watch? Okay, so everybody, Ooh. yeah, everybody just shut up. Anyway, <laughs> the game. So, uh, but I was curious. To I'm like, is this game actually as good as I remember it, or is it just you know because it was real pretty and the music was real good? I just, I, uh, it is still real pretty. The music is still real good. Uh, the combat is still really interesting. Mm. Wow, that story is something else. Like, you just get these long monologues about how, yes, I went into my crystal sleep. And then <laughs> God spoke to me and said that I had to save as many souls as possible. And my friend, Hope, who is a, a little boy again... He's up here in the ark. By the way, God also took all our emotions away to make sure we could do our jobs, which is to harvest the souls of the humans so that when the world ends in 13 days or less, depending on how much glowy stuff I collect, don't worry about it, it's a thing, uh, he can repopulate the future. And oh yes, there's this person who is also my dead sister. And it's like, wow, there's just... A lot of is crack smoking going I, on. I, I like. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you at all. But when like they just started talking in that game, when like the plot started happening, mm -hmm. I was like, "This might be my favorite fucking game ever made." <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, just from a from a just strict core idea perspective, like. The world is ending, 
Uh, God is starting over, but he needs material to create people from. So go harvest as much as you can. That's really creative. I think it's really interesting. I love the idea yes. that people who have not aged for 500 years are are over it and ready to move on. I think that's yes. really interesting. It's just, it's when you start throwing in the crystals and the Nova whatever and the Lassi and the Fauci and the... It's its connection to the rest of Final Fantasy Thirteen is where it all starts to break down. It get, it gets a little squishy. I love, I I love that there is a Final Fantasy game that is about like a longing for death. Yeah, in like a morbid way. No, uh, and it I, I that's part of what I find so moving about that game is. I my contention has always been Lightning Returns would be one of the most beloved games in the series if it was just called Final Fantasy Thirteen. Like, mm. just skip the other two games. Yeah, just skip them entirely. No, like the the connective tissue, even with like the game that came before it, is really tenuous, right? Like, it, there's there's a there's a DLC ending that you can buy that connects the two games, but even that's like. Eh. Yeah, it, it's it's meaningless to the point of uh, like there is nothing you get out of playing thirteen and thirteen two that isn't covered with basic exposition. Yeah, 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 that's true. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and and like more meaningfully because of that basic exposition, like it's it's interesting to me that somebody along the road was like, we have this main character that people like for no other reason that she looks cool. Like, yeah, but like, that's why lightning was popular. And I'm not saying that the, like, I'm not denigrating that lightning looks fucking rad. Yep. But it's not like that's she has a, a, she has a, this awesome smoky voice. She's cool right. looking. She's also really capable, but has no discernible personality. And it's like, well, she, she knows how to rock a Louis Vuitton bag, too. She yes. knows how to turn that with the bag. It's just, I like that somebody was like, what if we made that the point of this story? Yeah. Like, let's take this person's sort of blank slate nature and and use it as a jumping off point to talk about everything else. How far did you make it in, Susan? Oh well, I only just fired it up today, so I'm only you just fired. I don't know, three, four hours in. I'm, I'm, I, and it's, and a lot of it was like, wait a minute, how does this work again? Because yeah. I remember the the thing that that made me adore the game, in addition to the fact that it's stunning and that music is just everything, is the combat system, which is so intricate and fiddly and and customizable and just all the little pieces that you can plug into all the other little pieces. And and so it was just getting kind of back up to speed on that. And I'm like, oh, right. That's why I like this so well. <laughs> the, the flow of like changing. <clears throat> because for anybody that doesn't love this game as much as we do, it is like, it, it's almost like a one person job system. Yeah. So like light, lightning has like different roles that completely like change her costume. Yep. It's almost like the dress life. spheres in a way. Yeah, right? very much so. Too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like the dress spheres turned into like a rhythm game of switching roles on the fly to fight different enemies. And it's 
fucking awesome. It really uh, is so deep. It's so deep. She has three different outfits available at any given time. You can adjust them however you want. If you want to make them three different fighter outfits, you can. You probably won't. It'll, you'll probably make the game harder smoked. for yourself. Yeah. So you're going to want things that supplement each other. And as you use one outfit, it's meter depletes. So you're going to want to switch to another outfit while the meter recharges. So you, it sets up this flow between blocking and magic and physical attacks. And oh. and, and it's just, it's butter. It's just. It's one of the only role-playing games this has happened twice in my life. It's one of two role-playing games that I just shotgunned. Like, I started it, yeah, and then I just didn't stop playing it. Like, I had a full week to review that game. And it, I started playing it on a Friday morning, and I went to bed on Saturday, got up, and then just kept playing through. My final... So I didn't do any of the ultimate weapons, because you get to that final dungeon when you have to fight God. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like... There's so much to do at the end. And, like, those optional boss fights to get, like, the last weapons and upgrades to yeah. your your outfits are titanically difficult. Yes. And I did not I did not do any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- there's something... You can get this in the first four hours, too. Uh, it's funny. I... I understand the benefits that like additive AI generation of assets are going to let, you know, indie game makers and and, and stuff do to like populate their world mm-hmm. assets that mm-hmm. they don't have time to make by hand. But one of the things I have always loved about video games is admiring the ways that developers uh, make a world feel full with very limited means. Mm. And like Lightning Returns is often made fun of for the sort of corners it had to cut to get shipped. Like they had a lot less money. It was made in less than a year. And people are like, ah, the dog. There's like a Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the low yeah. polygon dog. Yeah. The low polygon dog. And like, you know, I understand. Yeah, it looks hilarious, but when you go through that initial city. Yeah. That you start in where it's like always night. There are so many kiosks where it's like storefronts selling art. And when you run by, it just looks like a storefront with paintings on like a rack. Mm-hmm. But if you actually stop and look at the textures, like it's just like an implication of a painting. Like, it's a, some rough coloring mm-hmm. around an art asset that is clearly a replicated like frame and there's just shading. And it's like, look at this quick little way, this impressionistic piece of the world that Lightning Returns did to make it feel fuller. And I fucking love that. Like I just, oh man, what a, what a special game. Also the low key jazz playing at any given time in those cities the, the, <laughs> the atmosphere is really special because it feels tired yeah everybody and not but not in a like not in a not a negative way 
but in a it's it's just everybody's they're just ready to move on this is and and it's it's interesting because it that's su- such the antithesis of what developers normally try to make these lived-in spaces feel like they're supposed to feel vibrant and current and electric and, blah, 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 and this is not that this is like you get to um use non the the which is where the the glutton quarter or the gluttony is, district is <laughs> where the gluttony district is and and there's a party every night and there okay so in disney world there used to be uh a, a, a place called pleasure island it has it, it was since turned into what became downtown disney the shopping district and it was it, and it's gimmick it was a literal island you had to get there on a bridge and its gimmick was it was new year's eve every night that sounds exhausting. Well, when you when you're a t- I mean, you would, when you're a tourist, yeah. it's like, oh well, yeah, it's this fun. It's New Year's Eve. Oh my God, ha ha ha! And then you see the people who work there, <laughs> and who have to do this shtick every night, and that's what Usnan feels like. That's just like, yeah, it's a party, and and I, I it's it's uh, wonderful to me that that kind of tiredness that's communicated without being overtly communicated man it looks real good on series s too doesn't it it looks real good it does I realize yeah um, oh boy <laughs> uh i will say though uh, if this prevents you from from you know starting that line of of digital cocaine uh it is not on game pass anymore you have to buy it Oh, that's actually going to help me. But oh. if you do have the disc, it does work in a, in a series. It, yes, if you have it, so. yeah, which I do not hold. So also, also they 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 work okay on Steam Deck too. So you could take them wherever you want to take them wherever you. Oh my god! Well, at least all <laughs> I have all I have in my home is the PlayStation Three disc. Which Jim Ryan, actually, I'm pretty sure now that I said that out loud, Jim Ryan's going to show up at my door and be like, all right, mate, and then snap it in half. And be like, oh, Jim, <laughs> you dick. Um, speaking of things that make people yearn for death. Susan, <laughs> I played Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh. <laughs> Resident Evil 4. Is the still complete dog shit? No, okay, so here, here is, uh, there are a couple of things that are worth talking about with Resident Evil 4 Remake beyond uh, Good Game is Good, because Good Game is Good. Um, <laughs> did, uh, Dave, you played Resident Evil 3 Remake, right? Yes. And Susan, did you play that one? But, no, because you said it was... It is, yeah. well, like, it, it's, like it's, they out- it's very slight. They outsourced it. Oh. And... The the studio that they outsourced it to, like, sort of didn't understand the assignment. They were like, you wanted us to turn Resident <laughs> Evil into an Uncharted game, right? And everybody was like, no, <laughs> that's not. It's like, it is very much just like, a, oh, this, it's shooting time, everybody. Oh. Nemesis. Yeah, well, and like, it, oh. it, it feels nice like Resident Evil 2 Remake does. Right. But yeah, by the time I got done with it, I was just like, okay. Yeah. Right. That was, that was, that was neat. <clears throat> So this Resident Evil 4 remake is the exact same team as Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. And but but like when 2 remake came out, 
the thing that struck me about that game was like it was the unified theory of Resident Evil. Like they took all of the different things that Resident Evil has been over the years and crammed it into one game where it was coherent finally. So you had all of the environmental un like unraveling. Like I, I was talking to somebody after we talked about Resident Evil 1 on DS. I was like, I like that game because I like untying knots. Like it feels like you're just slowly pulling something thorny apart with those classic I mean, PlayStation games. Yeah, well, like playing the remake too made me finally realize like, oh, like these are these are almost like Metroid games. Like right. just in yeah. the way that it's a lot of like, okay, well, I know that I need to come back here with something and then you get that thing and you yep. just keep tugging the thread until that's it. You fight yep. off a crocodile in the sewers. Where here's here's a crocodile. Here's a large zombie man in a trench coat following you through the door. Or like, you know, it here's a light puzzle like no puzzle in resident evil is like really hard but then there's like also like the you know all right well we're gonna give you cool weapons we're gonna give you guns that really don't feel like real guns in any way shape or form that you get from resident evil 4 and 5 to its detriment and 6 really to its detriment you get a little of that in 2 remake it's like here are cool weapons that feel cool okay and then there's also the wow, this is pants-shittingly scary that Seven gives you. And it crams it all into one place, and finally there's, like, a Resident Evil that feels like it's all of the different Resident Evils. Okay. I thought Two, two Remake was a little chilly, though. Like, for all of that success, I found it, like, a little... Uh, it, this might sound weird. Almost too formal. Like, I like Resident Evil feel, like, a little goofy and weird. Sometimes. Like... And like there, there's never any moment where Leon's hand gets chopped off and then he puts it back on and douses it with liquid. Right. It reforms. Right. Yeah, yeah. That never happens. <laughs> that, that never happens. There's never like the interlude where now like there's the one person who was experimented on and they're still wandering the halls underneath it, the it, cemetery. This is not the right word, but it's the right feeling. It's more realistic. Yes. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I uh, like it is a little bit like realistic in the way that like an action movie is consistent and yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when they've remade Resident Evil Four, they took all of the structure of Resident Evil Four and all of the shit that everybody remembers so fondly about that, and gives it that treatment. Like it's now. It's now like nothing is ever just brown in Resident Evil 4 remake. It's not just like, and now you're stuck looking over a guy's shoulder at a brown village and you're like, oh, why am I being stabbed again? It is fully back into the mode of like, this is scary. This is like when you go into town for the first time, like it's night and you can't see things great and you need to like there is like a, an element of stealth like when you're playing Resident Evil 2 remake and you're like I know that I'm gonna go in that library the fucking Mr. X was on the other side of the library before I gotta think about that kind of stuff now Resident Evil 4 remake is you can't really go in like when you're playing Resident Evil 4 and you're like 
I got 52 shotgun shells and nothing to lose. Let's go. Like, it's not like that. Okay. You get your ass, you get your ass kicked. Back. Well, and they, they also t- made, like, they used the same melee system that 2 did where yeah. all of your weapons are breakable now. Yep. So, because, like, I know, like, with Resident Evil 4, there was at least the, oh, well, I've got my knife back up. Like, even right. if I right. run out yeah. of weapons, I've got my knife. You don't have that this time, do you? Like, no, is and it's awesome. Like I, it's, re- <laughs> it's really like Resident Evil Four remake really forces you to be like, here are my resources. Here's the 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 spookiness that's gonna happen, and oh no, like I only have like one hit left on my knife, because like your knife will have like a a meter for how stable it still is, and it's weird like. They really toned down the campiness of, like, Leon still says some goofy shit, but the, the you know, sort of the leader and all of the bad guys are now more serious. Like, these are bad guys. Uh, I have questions. It's, yes. Yeah, I'm ready to answer it. First question, can you fix your stuff, or do you just pick up a new one? So, your good knife can be repaired by the merchant. The merchant is back. Okay. The merchant is the it's really weird. They like like what if we gave the merchant for Resident Evil 4 some pathos? Like <laughs> it, it's really weird. Like the guy who whoever is doing the voice acting for the merchant kills it. Just does a great job. He'll just be like, oh my back is killing me with this pack. And I'm like, why do I feel bad for the Resident Evil merch? That's funny. <laughs> uh, but he will, he'll repair your knife, and now you can upgrade your knife like you can upgrade the weapons. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Like Se- Second question. Does the bullshit guy, chainsaw guy with the sack on his head, is he still indestructible? No, you, you can kill him. Okay. He'll show up twice, and you can like, you, he's like Mr. X now. Um, for Resident Evil 2. Okay. Like, you can, you, you know how, like, you could basically, like, shoot Mr. X until he will just drop down yeah. and usually pick up an item off him? You could do that. There are more, like, mini-bosses now. Mm. Little, we're gonna do some spoiler stuff here, so if anybody... I mean, it's a game that's been out, yeah, come on. Right. So, one of, one of the best moments in the game, and it really does, like, play off you having the pre-familiarity, something I really like about the way Resident Evil approaches remakes, like the re- the GameCube remake of one mm-hmm. back in the day, which mm-hmm. like, this is the first time I've played something since then that has that sort of gold standard mm-hmm. where it was like, we recognize that the original thing is really good and we're not trying to replace that. But here is that structure revisited and done very differently. And in the same way that the GameCube Resident Evil 1 remake was like, we're going to make this much scarier and much harder. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 yeah, remake. The, is, I had a friend who was philosophy. like, the like the Crimson Heads, because he was not, exp- he had no idea going into it. Because right. like, he's like, I know Resident Evil up and down, let's play this remake. And then the Crimson Heads shows up and he's like, he's losing his mind. Right. There's a lot of Does this have, th- there's a lot of that in there? There's a lot of that in this, but at the exact same time, it really has like a nice sense of economy. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of people remember Resident Evil 4 being way too long because it was. Like, it draws things way out. Oh, interesting. And this is like, it was really funny because I got to the point where like, oh, well, they're going to skip this. Well, they're clearly going to skip this. Like, this is moving along so quickly. But every single major set piece that people remember from the original is represented in some way. Uh, yeah, and, and oftentimes in a little bit of a remixed way. Uh, Including running from the giant boulder? There is a scene with a giant boulder, but you do not have to tap a button okay. and then time anything. <laughs> <laughs> there are no quick time events. Okay, there you go. Well, that's okay. an improvement right there. No quick time events. Really cool, very cool boss fights. Um, you know, like the boss fight where you have to fight the giant salamander in the, in the lake, in the original one. Yeah. So in the old one, it's like you go out on a motorboat, you have to fight the giant salamander. And then like, there's like a cutscene. Now there's like a whole exploration section where you're in a boat huh. and you need to like explore these little coves and you can find like a derelict fishing ship and find a really good gun on the derelict fishing ship. Neat. Stuff like that. Like, it it feels like the Resident Evil 2 remake application of let's hit the extreme horror 7, let's hit the, the like, really fun, crunchy combat of 4, and the actual structural exploration of the originals all at once. It's very well made. Um, you have never in your life enjoyed a game like playing Resident Evil 4 Remake like playing it with somebody who's about to turn seven years old. <laughs> oh no. I, okay. So, first of all, I'm not sure that's good parenting. I'm just... I'm a good dad. I... A, <laughs> I, I mean, I can't... Look. I watched all of Alien when standing in Sears at a at a laser disc display while my parents went shopping. <laughs> so and I turned out okay, uh, but yeah, okay. So it, it, please expound, explain. Oh my god, guys! Like, I I I don't know what you guys were like. I was really scared of anything horror related when I was young, and I don't mean like. I was under 10. I mean, like, I was fucking scared of Resident Evil 1, and I was 14 when that game came out. No, yeah, I was... I I played Resident Evil 3 when I was, like, 14 or 15, and the moment, the first time that Nemesis, like, jumps through, like, the glass window in the police station, I threw the controller, and I was like, no, I can't. I'm done. I'm I'm a big wimpy. I, I had to, like, train up. Like, when I was a teenager, I was like, this has to stop! I mean, I'm gonna watch Jacob's Ladder by myself. Like, uh, I'm gonna get over this. But Lyra, like, enjoys things that are campy, scary in the way that, like, I was always jealous of. Where people are like, "Is this fun?" She'll sit there with a pillow like this, and the moment one of the zombies is like, "Are you there?" She's like, "Ah!" Just immediately hiding. But she's just like, get him! Like, loves it. <laughs> but she also... Hey, she, like, I, I... 
she is now at an age where she is aware of the terrifying violence that awaits in the real world. Ah, yeah. She gets it now. Uh, And, you know, like, this is a person who has to do things at six and a half that I never had to think about. She, she's been in active shooter drills. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. She's in first grade and she's been in active shooter drills. I hate that. I hate that. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks. And here is a safe place. Right. To explore really extreme feelings. Yeah. And, and, and it like, it's so joyful for her to when we like walk into a new like cabin and we know like she's like what like she's like under her breath like there's definitely zombies in here (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) this started when she and i would play elden ring together last year but if like i'm if i to cut the tension if we're like going into an area where there are enemies that will surely attack us and they have not seen us yet i will usually go one of two things hello avon calling or hello have you heard the good news and so now playing resident evil lyra be like there are definitely zombies in there hello avon calling are you ready to discover the beautiful dead you? Oh my God. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so and then, great. And then she'll she'll be like, "We have thirteen shotgun shells. We want to share them with you." Oh my God! I love that so hard. Right. That's the it's the only way to play Resident Evil Four Remake. I can say. Uh, yeah. It it, it like especially. This is an incredibly strange thing to say, but in the wake of yet another school shooting, this silly horror game was a profound comfort. Yeah. For me and my family. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and this is something I've been trying to explain to people pretty much my entire adult life. The appreciation of horror media is all about giving yourself agency against the yeah. the scary thing when i was growing up and i was really into horror when i was a kid it was first it was three mile island which you know the th- the threat of nuclear meltdown yeah and and you know in case, in case you don't know in case you're not familiar there was a nuclear accident at three mile island which was alarmingly close to my home uh and then and it was the over powering fear that Russians were going to kill us. There was going to be a nuclear war. We were all going to die. And this was something that was daily for us. And so getting into a bit, being into horror was there. Here's a, a, I can give fear a name and a face and it's, mm-hmm. it's Jason or it's Michael Myers or it's, it's Freddie or whatever and if i'm smart enough or or i'm brave enough or i'm whatever enough i can win and that's what horror is all about and so it makes complete sense to me that you know you're giving lyra something that she can name and defeat and go ha ha i won yeah and it's and it's 
like I, I, I don't think, I don't think that there is anything in there. You know, like it, it's the her experience of something that seems real and something that is absurd is so clearly delineated. Yeah, already. Like it's not a thing that like, you know, uh, I have to worry about because at the exact same time, you know, she'll, uh, here's an example. Um, <clears throat> she saw a preview. Uh, we were, God, we were at the movies. What was that fucking movie? Tenet. She saw a preview for Tenet. Oh. And the like gunplay in Tenet. She sure. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want yeah. Nothing to do with that. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. But but then, you know, it's like like, ooh, you found the stock for the red nine. <laughs> now it's better. Yeah. Now it's more powerful. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't it it's it's a totally different thing. Other interesting fact. So we played through it. Uh really enjoyable. And she wanted to see the original. Oh, okay way more scared of the original hmm. right and it, it is a couple of things i mean those controls uh, are terrifying so <laughs> it's, it's controls. oh it's control oh uh dude they're so bad they're, you'll really like the new controls too oh anyway, that's like, sweet you think i'm gonna play it I, that's cute anyway go on all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, she yeah she, it, there are a couple of things there, one is the sound, mm. like the, you know, Resident Evil 4 remake for better or worse is a very modern video game in that sure. there is just like a constant deluge of ambient noise. Like it is never, it never shuts up. It is just loud, loud, loud all the time, even when it's quiet. Like there's parts of the room are like moving or something. It's mm -hmm. a low susurrus at any time. The original gets real quiet. The original gets dead silent, and all you will hear is like Leon's footsteps moving through a town, and then you will hear one of the Ganados being like, "It's that key," but and that she's like, "Fucking no, absolutely!" Like I don't know where that's coming from. I'm out. And the other thing is, <laughs> so we're playing on a GameCube. It's going through a video converter on a HD screen. It looks as good as you can make a GameCube look. First comment. Why is Resident Evil all blurry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, little one. <laughs> how how can I Because it's outputting it to 240p. <laughs> and you need to upscale it to 1080 And she's just looking at you. She's just like... And, and like... Like what she really means is why, why does everything look less defined? Yeah, and that to her is way scarier. Like the sort of abstraction, interesting, interesting, makes the whole thing freakier. Huh. Um, well, it's a lot of it. It's it's the thing where it's like the the violence that you don't see is more the it like like people say stuff like. Like uh, like Quentin Tarantino movies, like his earlier stuff was like, oh, they're so violent, but like a lot of the violence isn't even on screen; yeah. it's implied, and so your brain just fills in the gaps, and 
that could be a lot worse than actually seeing the violence happen. Yeah, as an interesting thing, I will like what I, what I will say is, Dave, are you going to play this? I know you like you. Yes, you had your Resident Evil Renaissance. Yeah, and... no, I I do I do want to play it. I'm waiting. I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of fully ensconced in Movie Land right now, so I'm trying not to spend too much money on movies and also video games. So I'm, I think I'm going to wait for like sub $30, I think is my, but I, uh, this game will hit game pass fast. Like I think yeah. this will be on game pass before the end of the year. Um, I, and, but yeah, no, I do want to play it though. It, it's like, I don't know. Like I love, like you said, I like the, the, the resident evil games feel like, like pulling on a thread and I love, I love pulling on that thread. So, like, I'll get to it. Uh, it's just a matter of time and priorities and stuff right now. But, Susan, I'm not saying go out and find a seven-year-old to play this. You're creeping with. You get problematic. Me. We're playing a zombie game. You! Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> Who are you? Hey, your kid's going to enjoy this. Um, there are zombies. I, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd say you'd get, I'd, I'd say it with, like, you could bury the hatchet with your old nemesis. Um, not that, not capital N. Yeah, Mr. Nemesis. That's a different game. That's a different game. But like, also, life is short. Like, fucking, yeah. whatever. Uh, I think I'd rather play seven. Yeah, Again. I, I, I am going, so, I, guys, I'm fucking full tilt here. I, like, I finished it. I was just going to fire up four to show it to Lyra. And mm -hmm. now I'm like five hours into the GameCube one. Uh, I, I, I've got that resident evil spiral thing. Going. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to replay seven, I think, cause I haven't done that in a few years. Uh, and I never played gold. So, uh, I think I'll get back in there. Horror games, fishing horror games. <laughs> <laughs> That's a subgenre. I am not having a stroke, everyone. That's a real thing. And it's not just like my brain popping out random words. Susan, what the fuck is dread? Okay. I've I've read a couple of descriptions of it and I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay. So Dredge is a game about fishing in a place. That is plagued with eldritch horrors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tight. So uh, the game begins. You are the captain of a small boat. You are shipwrecked. You wake up in this small uh, little coastal town. And uh, there's five islands. One at each corner and then uh, one smack in the middle. You wake up on the one smack in the middle. And the mayor's like, oh, bro, sorry. Your ship completely destroyed. But hey, we'll give you a brand new one. It's just, when you go catch fish, you sell them here, we're going to take a cut of your profits until you pay us back. Okay, fine. And so you start going out and, and, and fishing. And so the fishing part of the game uh, is, a, is a series of mini games. Uh, you basically have to time your button presses. Uh, and the, the shapes you have to, like, sometimes it's a... It's a a, a meter that goes around a circle and you have to hit it when it's in a certain zone. Other times it's when uh, the two shapes line up. It depends on the kind of fish that you're trying to catch, uh, how that minigame plays out. And then the shapes come in, uh, the fish come in different shapes and sizes and your hold is a 
Resident Evil style inventory grid. And yes. so you you have to figure <laughs> out how to fit the fish into your hole to maximize your profits. Uh, but as you go out and fish, you will start catching mutated fish. And so you bring it back to the fishmonger, and the fishmonger's like, these are really interesting. And he cuts one open, and this uh, this this handkerchief, this red handkerchief with silver thread pops out of the fish. He's like, ew, I don't need that. Here, you take it. And as soon as you have it in your inventory, this guy swoops in. It's like, you need to come visit me at my house. Come see me when you're ready. And he wants you to go find. He says that this handkerchief belonged to a friend of his, and there are some other relics that have gone missing in somewhere out there in the ocean. As you're fishing, if you come across them, would you please bring them back to him? And you're like, what do you need the relics for? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. I'm sure this will be fine. What does all this look like? Like, what is what is the graphical presentation of, like, the story stuff? Okay. So when you are talking to someone, uh, you get their character portrait and there's chat bubbles, basically. Okay. Uh, there's not a lot of character interaction. It's, uh, you know, a few lines of dialogue and, and mostly you're interacting with people um, who can either sell you something or it's a quest type situation where they're like, hey, can you bring me and then you bring them whatever and they reward you with what have you. When you're out on your boat, it's a 3D view of your little boat and then you will find a fishing spot and you hit Y to fish, I think. And then you get the, you get the picture of what kind of fish is in this particular fishing spot. And then on, on your left-hand side, up pops your wheel, and that's where your minigame activates. So you've got your boat with the hold on the right. So if you're if you pick up this massive freaking fish, uh, you got to feel like, oh, how am I gonna fit this into my hole? Okay, well let me move this fish over here. And if I turn this one this way, and and as you go, you can upgrade your boat to give you a bigger and bigger hold, so you can all that. And uh, and then you will also dredge for salvage because you need to collect the components that the shipwright will use to upgrade your boat. So wood, scrap metal, you can also find treasure that you sell to the trader on one of the islands because you're going to need cash as well to, to make all of these upgrades. Also, the other thing you will notice as you go tooling around, the mayor's like, oh, just just make sure you're back by, by nightfall. Because <laughs> oh, okay. once the fog starts rolling in... Anthony is pumping his fist. <laughs> it gets a little weird out there. So two things. One, you have to sleep every so often. If you go too long without sleep, you start to get paranoid. If you're out after dark, you get even more paranoid. And you start to hallucinate. And you will see rocks that maybe they're there, maybe they're not. And maybe if you try to go through them, it's fine. Or maybe you crash and you wreck your ship. Also, there are monsters. Or are there? Are they Are they putting up a blockade in the mangrove swamp? Did they suddenly just make all those roots appear so you can't go forward? Possibly. Or it maybe you just so need a nap. Good. It's it real. Sounds, it's it sounds real. so good. What, um, what are you playing it on? Because it's on everything. 
I played it on Switch. I did not realize it was on Game Pass. Um, but I'm fine with having given them 30 bucks because I have more reward development. Well, this shit's relevant to my interest. Uh, how, <laughs> how does it look on Switch? Cause like, oh, it's great. It, is, it looks great. It's, awesome. It's in a, it's in a very painterly style. All right. So it's a, it's That's a stylized cool. kind of uh, thing. Man, the, the, like, it's so easy to get, I, and I, I don't know, I feel like people who listen to the show or people who might be listening to the show for the very first time will soon discover that there is a level of cynicism and weariness that the three of us have when it comes to the preponderance of indie games that, yeah. like, for every inscription, there is yeah. a... Uh, High school summertime memories. Grow up. Oh man. But like I I, I, I now whenever I think of like what I hate about indie games, I can't even fucking remember the name of it. It's like Jurassic High or something. It's like a PlayStation published game. Yes. Right. That I know I don't know what it's called, but that it's that. Yes. Like if you make a video game and the trailer has this sound in it. Oh, oh. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Fuck, go fuck yourself into the sun. Fuck you. I'm tired of it. But like, it, like it's so fucking awesome when shit like this gets made. Yeah. yeah Where it is. It, who yeah. thinks of this? Who thinks of like, you know, it would be really great if we combined Deadliest Catch with Cthulhu Mythos. Like, because like, it's like, do I upgrade my crab pots or do I? Because that's the other thing is you do research. You will find these research components. They're just a, a one of the things that you either uh, you get as a reward for doing a quest or sometimes when you're dredging stuff off the bottom of the ocean, you will find one. And you can re put research into things like new fishing rods or nets or crab pots or whatever to make your fishing boat better. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That crab pot looks like it might catch really cool things. So let me go drop it over <laughs> here. And uh, and like, I, you get, I got super in the weeds about that stuff because, of course, I did. And then each of the, so on, so there's five relics to find each, you know, one for each island cluster. So you're the center island. That's you know the tutorial and your your home base basically. And then each of the other four islands. There's a person who has it, and then it's their story that you're helping them with. Like one of them, there's a researcher who had to flee her lab uh, because a giant tentacle monster attacked it. And so now she's hiding out in the old fort. And so if you catch three specific kinds of fish for her, she will help you out with stuff. And oh, by the way, if you explore these other little islands that dot all over the place, you can find other little bits of story. Like, for example, you can find a dog who, uh, they were on a boat and the boat shipwrecked and the dog survived, but is on the beach and is very hungry. And maybe you can find the dog and make friends with the doggy. Uh, but then you can also find, gosh, that crashed fishing boat looks exactly like the one you're on right now. Isn't that interesting? Huh. Or maybe you find the guy in the hooded robe 
who hungers and asks you to bring them specific kinds of fish so they can eat it because they're just so hungry. Little pieces of story here and there. You could find a treasure map and put the treasure map together and they'll go find the treasure. And it's, it's just delightful. Sounds like a video game. It's so video, video gamey. Yeah. It sounds like a fucking video game that you play. Yep. Video game stuff happens. Yep. <laughs> sounds fucking awesome. Um, there is a demo, by the way. Oh, all right. So I can just, I can go try this. Yep. Uh, go do that uh, on Switch. I don't know if there's a demo on other things, but there's definitely a demo on Switch. It's always And you weird. said Game Pass too, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's so weird to me when things, like when people don't try to find the long form version of something. Uh, I like, I, I love fishing games. Like Sega Bass Fishing. Oh yeah. Like any anybody who was like, why would you have the fishing controller for Dreamcast? Have you never caught something and then heard your Dreamcast yell fish the moment? You <laughs> <got it? laughs> yes. Yes. That's never one. lived, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Small one. Small one. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, the people that made Sega Bass Fishing, that team still makes fishing games. Like That's they awesome. made them. Yeah, like, and they're cool, but, you know, it's kind of still the same thing. There's not, like, a an arc to it, and I, like, I like a fiddly, like, there's a difference between Zelda Breath of the Wild. I guess we should start laying the groundwork. We're a month away from me complaining to you both about Tears of the Kingdom, so we should just probably, like, just, like... <laughs> Start getting ready. Then everyone like Susan and I are just gonna be like, "Oh my god, it's so there's so many things so to do nice. and explore." Ask Anthony's just like <laughs> for three for three years, yeah. three years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And Correct. then one day we'll do an episode, you guys. I love you hear this. this so I need to try game. Can't play this one. Uh, but like the inventory system in Breath of the Wild is just like you have like. There's like 53 icons. It's like, and you have the apple and the green apple and then the red eyes and then the green claws. But like, I hate that because it's just an overwhelming glut of information and not a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's not that I inherently hate inventory management because when inventory management is fun, like in, you know, like Resident Evil 4, like the clicky, the clicky, how do I fit all this stuff in here? Like thinking, what's a video game as video game way to make that part of the game? Yeah. So you saying you caught a big fish and you caught all this salvage. How are you going to carry it back to land? I'm like that sounds like sounds like soothing brain medicine. It really is. Like, cause you catch like a shark, like a hammerhead shark, and you're like, A, I like that I caught a hammerhead shark. B, it's probably worth a lot of money. But it's this really you can only have one in your hold because of the way it's shaped. Okay, but what if I go over to this school of fish that only take up one square? Sure, they're little cheapies, but then I can fill in the one little one squares all over the place. It's just, it's very satisfying. 
Now, you guys ever have that thing where you look at a hammerhead shark and you're like, I bet I could just roll that up like a sheet of paper. Start <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Then you can, and then when you get to you know your picnic, you can unfold your hammerhead shark whoosh, all at once like a towel. Um, <laughs> Susie, did you finish it? Did you, I did. Like, have you? Um, how long? How long are we talking? Uh, I played it in a weekend, so oh tight. All right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's there's leeway there because there are little side things to do that you don't have to. You also don't have to. You don't have to upgrade your boat as much as I did. Not at all. Um, the only things you have to do, you will have to uh, achieve certain benchmarks so that you can catch the specific fish you need mm. to hand into people. But that's relatively low effort. So, I don't I mean, to play the. I'm gonna play the piss out of this game. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the nice. The nice thing is, is this doesn't. I feel like this will just fit right into my Resident Evil jag. Uh, I think like, so. Seamlessly, like yeah, I think it'll just slot right in. I like too that people are getting really weird with horror games. I feel like there there have only been so many schools of thought as to like what a horror game can be. And so Dredge being like, what if it was a fishing game? Uh, is brilliant. There is, I can't remember the name of it. It's driving me crazy. But one of the dudes who worked on uh, Mafia 3, you guys remember like the interesting Mafia game where yeah, it's like yeah. the rights era yeah. in New Orleans? That uh, One of the dudes that worked on that is making a horror game that is a driving game. And like you are trying to escape like things on back roads. Hmm. At Interesting. De deadly, de deadly premonition. <laughs> a little deadly. <laughs> well, yeah, but it plays good. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it functions. Uh yeah. It's I'm 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 excited to see the application of weird old gameplay tropes to horror. Yeah. Well, now now you need to go back and play Killer Bass for the PlayStation One, a horror themed fishing game, uh, where you it's you there's zombie real? fish. Yeah, I like I thought it was just a Japanese game, but it looks like it was actually released in the United States as a as Monster Bass. Holy shit, Monster um, Bass! But yes, it is you're you're fishing for zombie fish, spiders, and other it is it it's it's in the genre of Japanese games called Kusage, which is like shit game. Uh it's not good, but it is you do fish zombie fish. I'm gonna tell you what it is. I think it's probably eleven dollars good. It's Anthony Chan of eleven dollars good is what it is. Um Susan, any final thoughts on Dredge? Uh, well, good you know, game I, is good. I, good game is good. I bought the, there's like a gold or deluxe edition or something that gives you a key. I don't know what the key does. Oh, that's weird. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that started, like I made the game start easier or what have you. But yeah, so before you, you choose to indulge in, in that, maybe investigate that a little bit more. Okay. I so I actually looked this up. Oh. Uh because I look I was like looking up like what is this key on the Steam page? And yeah. the reviews say that it like so there's a 
mysterious workshop on Blackstone. Oh, yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then it Got just it. gives you a couple. It's basically like a tip to the developers. Like, hey, thank you for the game. Here's a little extra money. Gives you a couple items that help you out in the early game. Yes. Don't really like. They, they don't break the game. They do not. And all the reviews are like. All the reviews are like. Yeah, you know, it's just like. It's, it's not pay to win. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's like it's, a neat little thing. It's a fun. It's a fun little. Yeah, it's neat. It fits in thematically. It's yeah. You get uh. So you can, as you upgrade your boat, um. One of the things you can do is, for example, devote more of your cargo space to engine space. So instead of having an engine that takes up two slots, you can have an engine that takes up six slots. And what you can do is mix and match engine pieces to give yourself the most possible speed. You are going to want to upgrade your engine as soon as humanly possible. Trust me. To get that, away from things, like to escape. Not just to get away from things, but because traveling anywhere takes time, and you really don't want to be out at night. You really don't. <laughs> you want to be out at night because you Tight. you don't, and you can only sleep at a dock. <laughs> so you're going to want to be able to get to a dock real fast. I I love the existence of this game. Me too. Uh, Go, go, okay, gold, like the gold pass, like the premium pass for game. This is a pro tip for anybody that likes Resident Evil. And it's not for remake, but I've discovered this for two remake and three remake. And Resident Evil 7, I didn't know this, but this is like the gross part of DLC, but also the good part of DLC. One of the things Capcom sells for all of these games is just like, you want all the shit that you can unlock if you were really good? Like all at once, <laughs> you want all the infinite? Guy? Just give us three bucks. You get to have it all for three bucks. It's awesome. No, it's that's great because that is that is the my my time is more important to me than three dollars. I'll say, and I'm here for it. Here it is. Here's three dollars. Three American. I also dollars. love the 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 keychains they put on your dumb little god. So awesome. I uh, what a, one of the. F- in Resident Evil 4 Remake, so there's like a shoot, like the shooting gallery where like you can, at certain places, you can go into the basement and it's like an old style, like carnival shooting game. Oh, fuck. Where like you have to shoot pirates and it's very addictive and very fun. You do really well, you get tokens. The tokens go in a little gotcha machine. <gasps> oh, like a grocery oh, store. Oh, no. Right. And so it's like, oh, you did really good. You got two gold tokens. You turn the thing, and what it spits out is they are the old GameCube character models for enemies and bad guys. Oh, wow. And they're keychains for your briefcase that give you stats. So it's like you got, you know, Ada Long. That means now when you craft shotgun ammo, you have a 20% chance to craft more. It's stuff. You got sh- you, oh. you got Shen mood. Oh, that's no. good. That's that's good brain medicine right oh, there. No. <laughs> that's the good brain medicine. Uh Dave Roberts, let's talk about the real brain medicine. Yeah, we're talking about horror today. Yeah. So I, I, I want to give a very quick shout out, a very good quick shout out to a dear friend of mine named Jeremy Horowitz. Uh, Jeremy was kind enough to recently send me 
a Retroid 2. This is a small Android-based handheld gaming system, and its specialty is out of the box. This thing can do emulation. And Jeremy very kindly loaded this things up with ROMs. Oh. Like, just, yeah, like all kinds of games and like a curated set of like things he knows that I would enjoy playing on this thing. And let me tell you, there is like nothing, like it is like a near mystical experience to turn on something the size of a launch Game Boy Advance and see running not great, but running like Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's fucking wild. And like, I've been playing Super Nintendo games out the wazoo with this thing. However, I have also been texting our resident tinkerer, our own Resident Evil 4 immersion, Dave Roberts. <laughs> what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you selling? Uh, for pro strats on uh, fixing certain things. Because while I've gotten the GameCube emulator to work and I've been able to mess around with uh, some P PSP games and Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Genesis stuff, there are all these arcade games in there, and uh, I can't make them work at all. Oh, I, I don't touch arcade. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, okay. So, you have stumbled into one of the reasons why I love Mr. so much. And it's because every... So, the Retroid Pocket is an Android-based handheld. Android is great because it is it's basically like like a mobile device computer operating system, right? So you get a lot of customizability. The problem with it is is that it is both incredibly open mm. and somehow at the same time incredibly closed. And very frustrating because of the way that everything works. Whereas the Mister, it's one system everyone's contributing to one project so all you and all you have to do someone made it they made a script i like like reading about how to get arcade set up on mister i was like i'm not doing that then someone was like i wrote a script you hit a button and it does it for you okay and then i hit the button and then suddenly all my arcade games work so yeah it's great. i like that it's yeah yeah, it's great. Like the like the Mister is one of those things where like it seems really complicated, and it is. Like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, yeah, it's so easy. There's 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 a learning curve, but getting stuff up and running on Mister is so much easier than Android or well, Raspberry Pi or any of that mm -hmm. stuff, just because it's so everything is just a hodgepodge of of different apps and systems mm -hmm. and stuff. They're all trying to get this thing to do that it wasn't really designed to do from the start even though this company made a device that has like a built-in controller and stuff um well so. so much of it so much of it does just work like yeah one of the things that i messed around with and like this is just you know my my emulation specialization like ends around 2005 Right. Like that was the moment where I was like, this is too complicated. I'm out. The moment yeah. that people were like, oh, you could totally emulate PlayStation 2 games. And I tried. Yeah. Like, here's this. Can't. Here's this list of drop downs and plugins that you need to know every because because every like the when they designed the Super Nintendo emulator, it was just like, 
we want it so when you put a game in, it works. Right. For the PlayStation 2 emulator, they had like they they built a program that kind of works some of the time. Right. And then they're like, well, I want to get Metal Gear Solid 2 to work. And it's like, well, to, to get that to work, you need to turn this plugin on, this plugin off, activate this hack, and then it works. Yeah. But it's like, you, if you it's, don't know that, you're going to load it up and it's going to run like ass. Well, it's crazy because they like the, the Retroid, like there are all these guides on YouTube that, oh my God. <laughs> they're, so pretty, they're pretty dense. But they'll be like, hey, use this, like, front end that'll organize yeah. everything. And, like, Susan, like, when we say the front end, it's like, it will give you, like, the equivalent of, like, the PlayStation or Xbox dashboard from all of these things. So it's like, hey, you, like, and a lot of them, like, look really kick-ass. It's like, you load it up, it will sense, like, the SD card in there and then populate it with all the games. And it'll be like, you know, you have, like, this very nice graphical library. And, like, for example, like, the PSP games, like, you just play it. Like, it'll just work. You can play whatever PSP game you want, and the, the system, like, the built-in front end that comes with the Retroid itself will even be like, hey, here are these P PSP ROMs. It's using this PSP emulator, which Sony was recently caught stealing screenshots from for their own storefront. Yeah, PPSSPP. Oh, yep. dear. oh dear. Yep. Yeah, it's a good uh, look. Good luck, Sony. Old Jim Ryan coming up to your house to snap your dick. Yeah, we hate emulation except for we'll use all of the work that people <laughs> did to make. Yeah. So, like, it'll it'll just function. Like, no problem. You want to play Gradius yeah. Collection? Like, it's boom. Here's a Gradius Collection. It's <laughs> Death of Junior 2. Shit, yeah. Boom. Oh, oh Death the... Junior. Aw. Right? Fun. Super fun. And then I'll like try to mess around with the Dreamcast simulation and it's like, have you told it where to find the BIOS files? Oh no. I'll be like, BIOS files. So okay, so what emulator do you have on there for and this is this is the this is the problem. This is what we'll get to. Uh what do you know what emulator it's using? Is it running it through RetroArch or is it a standalone emulator that you get from the Android like Play Store? For Dreamcast, I was using what was I using? I actually got some stuff to run too. Cause I, uh, I use Redream and it does not need a BIOS at all. <clears throat> I'm not using Redream. Maybe I should okay. use Redream. That's the one that I like everyone says is like it's it's got the best compatibility. It's the easiest to use. There, but but that retro one Arch, has RetroArch is like RetroArch retro is the part of it that like like I just I I spend hours trying. It to, sucks. Like it's like it's like it's like I play Wind Waker and I was like, this is awesome. Wind Waker is great. I can't believe this is running at all. And then I was like, but I want to play. Aliens by Konami because <laughs> it's in there and I became like obsessed with trying to make it work and I like after like a, I, I, I so like yeah like the problem the problem with arcade is that everything is like built to MAME and yeah. MAME requires entire ROM sets for the specific version of MAME that you're using and RetroArch 
there's like a certain version of MAME where it's like the most compatible. It's like a like a 2005 or whatever version of MAME. And so you need to have the 2005 ROM set of that game. Otherwise, MAME, like MAME won't know what to do with it because it's not like it doesn't have the files that it needs because it needs all the files. But as they update MAME, they add more files to the ROM. So the old ROMs don't work on the... It's... I hate... I hate Arcade. I hate it. It sucks. <laughs> I um, swear. Like, 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 Mister has been the only time I've ever been like, okay, Arcade. Okay, I'm going to play some Dodon Pachi right now. It's so easy. Um, but yeah, like, the biggest problem with Android emulation... Because I think uh, I watched a lot of the same... Vi I had to watch three separate videos to get the Retroid Pocket in a state where I was, like, happy. And it's, like, I'm still tweaking it, still trying to fix it. But that's, so, like, like, your catnip. You love tinkering with that. Yeah, but, like, this is, like, obscene. Like, where it's, like, okay, first watch the Retroid Pocket video, and then you get to the part where it's, like, okay, now I'm going to show you how to update Retro... Uh, to set up RetroArch on your device. But I created an entire 40-minute video on how RetroArch works... So I'm going to tell you to go watch the RetroArch video to set it up and then come back to keep setting that up. And then now that you've got everything set up the way that you like, now we'll set up the front end. So I'm going to send you to a third video be just because every there's it's so disjointed. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other thing is that it would be great if RetroArch was the only thing you had to use, right? Where it's like, okay, this is complicated, but I don't have to touch anything else. Once I get the core set up that I like, it's fine. I just use this. No, because certain emulators work better on Android from the standalone versions that you download from the Play Store than they do. Like the PSP emulator, it, there is one in RetroArch. It's fucking broken on Android. Don't oh, yeah. use it. It yeah. sucks. I, uh, I, ju I just use PPSP, SSPP. Yeah. Because, and so... Yeah. Yeah, so the whole thing is just, like, figuring out, like, okay, well, N64 doesn't work in RetroArch, so I need the standalone emulator of the N64 one. But there are, like, three emulators. Which one do I get? Okay, then there's the Dreamcast one. Then there's, like, a PS2 one. But the PS2 one, apparently there's a whole bunch of fucking drama going on with that where the developer just pulled all of his shit from the <coughs> App Store and then started updating it to where now it has ads, but you can still get the one that doesn't have ads. Nightmares. It's not, I like, I like tinkering, but this, like, this is, it's too much. Like you, 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 you really have to, like, you have to put in the work to get it to work. I will say it's amazing. All. My, my, my friend Jeremy said the, the great benefit is that it does give you what is essentially like an almost like encyclopedia Britannica-esque access to the first 20 years of video games. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's, that is one of the coolest things about it. Like I, I can't get any of these arcade games to work, but it has been really cool to go through the database of ROMs with Lyra, especially and just show her attract modes for things. Sure. Because, it, like, when you have that kind of library, you're not, like, you, 
it makes it difficult to get like invested in a single title the way like you do when you purchase a game on a console yeah. and then mm-hmm. focused on that. But for like, it's so funny. I I know I've told you guys before. Like one of the games that Lyra loves to play is like she wants to watch compilations of shitty old '90s commercials mm-hmm. because she has no context for what it's like to see commercials at all. Like they are these alien missives. Sure. And going through a graphical list of arcade games and her just being like, well, what does that one look like? And then... Yeah, it's really cool. Like, all right, well, here's the attract code for Sega's Arabian Nights. And that's fucking awesome to just be able to do that and then casually be like, right, screw it. I'm going to go play Light Force 2 for PSP. It's fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah, like... Once you get it set up, it's it's really cool, and it's the same thing with the Mister too. Like I think the Mister is, if you want like a portable museum, like or not a portable museum, but like it is portable in the sense that like it's really easy to take around to places because it's really small. But if you want like this little device that's just a museum for like you said the first twenty years of not just like like console games but arcade games and computers, like the Mister is incredible it's like one of the coolest things android the android stuff the retro handheld stuff it gets close uh at least from just a sense like this is really cool because like i could put this thing in in my pocket and like i could just play kirby's dreamland and then dot jump into a game gear game and jump like whatever and like it's not the analog i like the analog pocket but it's too expensive and boutique. It is I feel like I'm going to fucking break it yeah. when I use it. I just the first twenty years, and you apparently think games oh, started yeah. in the nineties. No, okay. no, like like seven nineteen seventy five to nineteen ninety five, like the first twenty years of. Like, I know, Atari. but you're talking to yeah. like I oh I can play Kirby like you, that's <laughs> well, not. Okay. 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 Yes, I I did not I did not grow up with an Atari, but I will play Chips Challenge on the Atari Lynx emulator because I, I love that game. Yeah. Speak. Obviously, right now it is it is it is extremely limited, um, because Digital Eclipse has really only given Atari the museum treatment. Yes. But I would strongly encourage both of you to go explore this. Yeah. Holy heck. I mean, again, it's... it's that it's 50, like that 50th anniversary. It's on my list. It's fucking awesome. It's incredible. And, and, like, I will... Like, I want Digital Clips to do that kind of curatorial mm-hmm. approach to, like, like every publisher in the fucking world should be yeah. talking to them. Yeah. Like, because I would... Like, I would sell my soul into science for Sega to be like, yeah. here's, here is, here is the history of Sega, like from digital clips. And it, it like, you know, they would never be able to get around it because of like all the licensing, but like, you know, play, play this, then play like the Spider-Man system 32 arcade game, and then play the Spider-Man Genesis game. And then, and, and then press this button. And here's an interview with the guy who made it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And like it like it is a bummer that the Digital Eclipse collection doesn't have more of the licensed stuff. Like it is it's it cool. is uh, like 
like you like the 2600 story isn't complete without empire strikes back like that is like it's a fundamental part of that experience um also little known fact empire empire strikes back for atari 2600 is the first star wars game not the arcade game interesting the first ever star wars game of any kind is is that empire strikes back 2600 game or like aliens versus predator for jaguar yeah yeah that game sucks but yeah it's important it's important (laughs) and i mean like and i'm not something like a mister uh is is you get to see everything and that's awesome I bring this up for people like myself who, like, I'm exhausted just hearing, like, and then I go to this video, and then I go to this video, right. and I need this thing, this yeah. thing. Like, I can't. No. I, no. I just need to boop and then have the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, and that's a fascinating, fascinating toy, if nothing else. I will, it is a I will say, uh, like, it's really cool one of the things about the a lot of these like retro handhelds and stuff is just that it's like it's not like something that you can buy off the shelf mm-hmm. like if you have to order order it from their website it will take a month for it to be shipped to you and then like it's shipping from china so it will take another like two weeks or whatever to get there it's not like and then it'll be in pittsburgh uh, for like three weeks yeah there, for yeah it'll be in pittsburgh yeah backers will know that story uh but I bring this up because Sony, there's like rumblings of them making this like retro or not retro, but this, this like handheld that's like for remote play. And then Xbox, they didn't release it, but they partnered with Logitech to make this cloud gaming handheld for like 350 goddamn dollars. And it's like, I would love to be able to walk into a store and buy like a, like a rep, like, you know, like a, a retroid pocket or whatever, right? Because it's it's cheap. It's like 150 bucks. It's an Android device. You can put whatever you want on it. But the purpose of this device is to play em, like to play emulation, right? Do right. I, I? But Logitech cannot say right. they are making an emulation device. But the only reason to but they they say that it's like oh it's for cloud gaming. You could play Xbox. You could play X Cloud on on this 300 dollar Android tablet. Fuck that. That's all. That's all you could do. It's three hundred fifty dollars. You could stream games to your tablet, and it's like all the people on YouTube go like, "No, like it's an Android tablet. You put emulators on it." But like Logitech can't say right. Dreamcast games run real good on this. So like, I there's this whole market that Dude. feels like like people want to get in on the ground floor of this thing, but they don't know what to do because they're not they're not Steam, so they can't release a four hundred dollar computer, yeah. and they're not a Chinese retro handheld game maker that can just go, you can put Nintendo games on it. We don't care. <laughs> like I just, it's so it's like, I, it'll be really interesting to see if like Sony, this, like whatever this thing turns out to be, if it even is a real thing, if they're just like, yeah, it's an Android handheld for streaming PlayStation games to your remote thing. And then someone goes like, Oh, I just put super Nintendo games on it. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it runs. Super- Mario Galaxy. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. And yeah, it's, I, dude. The and like the boutique, the boutique experience is not, like you know. Okay, so I can play Nintendo games on this thing, Super Nintendo games, Genesis games, and it's fucking awesome. But then arcade games, I'm like, what? I, I what? P- 
people are like, oh, yeah, all these cores have dropped for Analog Pocket. Yeah, Man, that's a whole... I fucking tried to, like... No. No. Like, screw that. Screw any of that shit. Like, I tried to put one of these, like, cores on my Analog Pocket, and I thought I was going to brick the thing. Like, yeah, Susan, that's that's the look when they're nope. like, well, then you nope. want to load up all the ROMs and make sure that the menu interface be like, no, I'm not doing Well, shit. that's because they, they have to do that because they can't, I know. like, yeah, they're, they're, it's an American company. They can't come out and say, it's, like, it's put ROMs on your thing. Put Game Boy game ROMs on your thing. They can't do it. Yeah, Re- Retroid has, like, man, re- like, so its own front end, Susan, when you, like, you're like, tr- use the emulation interface. It has, it just has the Game Boy Advance logo, mm. Super Nintendo logo. And I'm like, oof, boy, you guys See, lucky. <laughs> this is why years back I bought a, it was a Raspberry Pi with all the emulators and all <laughs> the games already on it, and it was put into a little case that looked like a little NES. I have since sent it to Dave. Like, give me that. The problem with that, well, like, it worked beautifully once you got into whatever game it was. Like, once you got into the N64 games, it was like, eh. But yeah. anything earlier than that worked perfectly. But... To get from turning put, turning on the power into a game, you kind of had to know, like, oh, you do this and then that and then it's this thing. I just, I need UI. I just get, yeah. like, just give me a thing, a menu where I go, boop, 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 thank you, and now I'm playing the thing. That is what I need. Give me that preloaded and I will give <laughs> you many, many money dollars. And like, I mean, that's I- why the Super Nintendo Classics flew off the store shelves yeah yep yeah uh and they're they have no interest in making any more of that stuff so i'm not i'm not proud that i like i find it a bridge too far to like be like all right well i went and found the roms and then i found this and now i'm gonna like i get like square enix is like give me 80 dollars and you can play all the old final fantasies they look marginally better i'd be like okay Somehow the font is still worse. We said we fixed it, but it's somehow still worse. I think it looks fine. It. I Just mean, I saw it. It looked okay. Games. Uh, nah. People are weird. Yeah. <laughs> People have very strong opinions about Final Fantasy menu fonts. You know what? The, you know what the Final Fantasy menu font conversation is, guys. That's not the right font. Oh. That's not. That's not that's the right Ghost Rider. Not- no. <laughs> that's not the right Ghost Rider. That's not the right font. Um, <laughs> they changed it. It's too far apart. It's the le- the curving in the letters is. Those letters are too thin. It's not the right font. I need to. to I I need Ultima to look right. Oh my god! <laughs> look, I I'm sure. There is something I am that stupid about. I just don't know what it is. Like I'm sure it's there. Yeah, there's got to there's got to be something. There has to be, right? I'm such a nerd, but like, like there's got to be like so, like I don't know, man. Like you seem very accepting of like new Star Trek stuff, but I like 
I, I like, you know, watching the first season of Picard, me being like, that's not the right lighting for Star Trek. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I fully admit that, like, that, like, part of... That is how pathetic my resistance to things like Discovery are. Is like, that's not what it looks like on the bridge of your starship. Look, it's too dark. That that episode, that the most recent episode of Mandalorian... Oh my god. ...is fucking so horrible. It's so... And we don't need to talk about this at length, but, like, part of the reason I hate Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett and New Mandalorian so much is it doesn't look right. I saw like, someone say it looks like a Capital One commercial they would run at a, on the Super Bowl. That is that exactly is apt. That is really that is accurate. Not, one. not across the board, but this last episode, yes. Uh, yeah, and and like the ones previous, like, like there's the episode where like a fucking bird eats their Mandalorian kid yeah. and then it coughs yeah. him up. There's no liquid on him. It looks perfect. He's been in yeah. there for a fucking day. Yeah. Like it looks so cheap and shitty and like it just looks. You, you know. You know what? You know what I get weird about? I squibs. I oh, like. I I've get that. Watching. I've been rewatching the old John Wick movies. I'm like, that's not those that's are not digital squib, blood that's, effects. That's not a squib. Ooh, I it hard boiled. They shot the guy, and like, there's just stuff exploding off of him. They don't do it's, okay. it's Just it's just CGI. Yeah, I, I I need to I need to uh, ruin movies for you for a moment. There's never a hole in the shirt. I know. I yeah. except except Susan with the best squibs of all time because they were <laughs> yeah. so destructive that they destroyed yeah. the shirt. Yeah. Which is Ed 209 and fucking Robocop. Those squibs <laughs> will fuck you up. They, the he best. had so many. <laughs> the best. Oh, Paul Verhoeven, what did you do? I made that guy's shirt fucking blow up. <laughs> made it blow up. All right, Dave, who the fuck made this show blow up? Who's responsible? Oh, these, that's smooth. I like that. These oh, are the backers. These are the front backers. These are the... These people... No, these these are the backers. These are lovely people who back our show. Patreon.com slash continue podcast. We love you all. I'm going to shout out our special shout out backers right now. Uh, shout outs to Josh Jamie Souza, John Belf, Toast, Adam Gauntlet, Michael Coffey, Shirley L, The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Christian Fisher, Skip Dippity, Canonical, Tom Coveney, and Nick Rugen. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you for being a Thank you. You were the right <laughs> backers. <laughs> Your lighting is perfect. I am not kidding, guys. So the the other day, uh, looking at a website, and they're like, oh, the solicits for the new issues of Marvel Comics in August reveal that Danny Ketch is coming back to Ghost Rider. And, like, they like, like they don't know what's wrong with him. Johnny Blaze has to help Danny Ketch. And he's got, you guys remember, like, Weapon X? Like, back in the day where, like, Wolverine had the big robot helmet on, like, if you like went into it, it oh yeah 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 yes like if you went yeah. in, if you went into any nerd store in the nineties you'd see like Wolverine in a diaper with like a robot thing and, like, <laughs> now it's like a Ghost Rider with that on and like somebody's controlling him 
and I shit you not, now, ever since our Midnight Suns episode, all I can think is like, that's the right ghost. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's the right one. Um, everybody, uh, thank you for backing the show. Uh, your dollars make sure that very stupid conversations just like this happen uh, every two weeks, and we are profoundly grateful. If you do not back this show, just force somebody else to listen to it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's no not my podcast. That's uh Yeah. So knock a knock their phone out of their hands. Knock their phone out of their hands and be like, that's not the right podcast. Smartless featuring Will Arnett isn't the right smart podcast. Continue with. And then when they arrest you, tell the yeah. cop. Tell the cop. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. I will let you cops. enter into evidence. <laughs> the right podcast. The right podcast. Uh, Susan, where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, uh, where I will talk incessantly about uh, Yellow Jackets and Picard. Yeah, yeah, that's the place to do it. And and Ted Lasso, which this se- I don't understand how this season of Ted Lasso is this good. I I don't get it. I, how is that possible? But it is. All right, I need to I need to see. So did it course correct after last week? I haven't watched this week's yet, but last oh, week, I, yeah. you know, we were t- we were, yes. it's less whack. Yeah. All right. It's thank thank God. I'm glad that was a hiccup. Well, you guys were talking about Ted Lasso like it was an episode of Lost, and it was getting very confused. Well, I was very confused spiritually after after that episode last week. But the first two episodes were fucking incredible. Yeah. And then the third episode was a real Rise of Skywalker situation, guys. It was a real... It was a little... Was I understand why the function of right. the new character that they introduced. I get that. But then the way everybody responded to that character was, was alien. It was so cartoonish. Yes. And like an out of character for those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I'm sorry. Roy Kent would not do that. He wouldn't. I that's know. not the Roy. That's I know. Not the that's Roy not Roy Kent. Kent. Oh, damn it. That's not. It's not. This is the this spoiler, everybody. There is a true pro gamers in all of us. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at David Robots, letterboxed at David Robots. Uh, I wrote a little bit about a movie I saw called Drive. That's my recommendation for not, this. Not, the Ryan not, not, that not the Ryan Gosling one. Not the 1997 Drive directed by Steve Wang, starring Mark Dacascos, Kadeem Hardison, and Brittany Mur- Murphy. Uh, it is. It Brittany owns. Murphy. It's so, it's so good. It's like it's a it's what if a direct to like video movie went like hard like a like a Hong Kong action movie does like they actually gave a shit when they made this. It's very good. It is way better. Is there a line reading? Right to be. Is there a line reading in it even close to as good as Brittany Murphy and Sin City going? You fool! You damn fool! I mean, she kind of yes. I'm just gonna say like the. Any other person as this character, it would have been annoying as hell. She makes it work. It's great. It's a great movie. Drive. Done. All right. Watch it. Check it. Everybody, you can follow me at a John Agnello where, yeah, I mean, you're going to hear some shit about Star Wars. You can follow me if you feel like it. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.